hey, before we jump into things, it's just a heads up. There is some static popping going on in, in parts of the podcast. It, it buffs out at some points, but it'll come back every now and then. It's not your headphones. It's actually on our side. Without further ado, let's begin the podcast. All right. Hello and welcome to Tim Talk, now powered by Temporum.tg. I am your host, Shmackins, joined by my co-host, Oh Captain, my captain. Say hi. Hello. And we are joined by our guest, Pepper APHD. Say hi. Hey, what's up? And we're going to be talking about some Temptin today. Uh, specifically, we're going to start with the uh, tournament that happened yesterday with uh, Temporium. That was quite exciting. I don't know if... Uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, It was uh, the fifth tournament that we've hosted. It was a, it was a big one. Very exciting. Um, it was... Uh, yeah, it was a long one, actually. It was one of our longer ones. And uh, everything went very smoothly, though. It was, it was a fun one to cast, fun one to be around. Uh, definitely a good introductory tournament for a lot of people who... We haven't seen names before, and uh, yeah, everything went really smoothly. Yeah, if you didn't see that, go check that out on the Twitch channel. I believe the VOD should still be up for a couple weeks. It's uh, very very entertaining. Um, I saw a lot of stuff I did not expect to see there, specifically uh, anaerobic Volarin, which is one thing I saw from Atticar, or Atticar, which was very exciting to see. And uh, it looked oh, yeah. like the uh, the teams were kind of shifting towards a more bulky style. I saw a few people that were running the more standard 500, 500, uh, like, you know, speed and uh, HP or attack or whatever. But they usually got, like, destroyed by a couple, like, buffs and just took about the same amount of damage anyways. Yeah, the uh, the tanky lineup is where it seems like a lot of these tamers are headed. The, you know, let's let's build myself as beefy as possible. You know the damage doesn't really matter when you can just tank as much as you, as much as you want. I mean, if you're taking ten percent per hit on something a very strong move like say a hyperkinetic strike or or a crystal bite, and the other tamer is taking twenty to thirty percent per hit on just a basic move that you have with no buffs to it, you can definitely start winning battles that way. I, I've noticed a, a lot of tamers heading towards that tanky mindset, which is uh, very nice. Yeah, that, that's something that excited me a lot, because that's, that's a strategy I want to try. But anyways, enough about that. We're talk, We're here to talk about you. Uh, you're a caster. You were casting that uh, for the final three, I think it was. It was the final two or final three, I think you were part of. Yeah, I I, uh, I stepped in uh, for a caster who had to go take care of some business. and um, But I am a main caster on Temporium as well. I uh, Yeah, I was there for the sem- the second semifinal match. the Actually, the two uh, semifinal matches and the final match. Uh, for the grand finals as well, Mency taking the title, and uh, yeah, I was uh, I was casting for all of those. So it was a long day for me, but we we made it through, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. So with uh, with casting the the Timson events, how 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 prepared do you feel like you have to be to to get involved with that? Like, how much research do you feel like you need to commit to, uh, or outside knowledge, or do you feel like you just kind of learn as you go? So that, that's the beautiful thing about my type of casting. Um, generally, I am a what they would call a play-by-play caster. So I don't have to really dive deep into the analytical sense of the game, which is great for me because I'm more of a casual player anyway. So my job is to kind of hype up the crowd, make sure everybody's having fun, you know, maybe throw some softball questions towards the analytical guy who can dive deeper into them. And uh, also maybe make a general prediction here or there. Um, but I just learn as I, yeah, generally to answer your question, I just, I just kind of learn as I go because my introduction to competitive Temtem was literally just being thrown into the deep end as a caster. 
So my my first casting gig for Temtem was through Temporium. And I decided, okay, well, I don't know too much about the competitive side, but I would love to learn. And I think the best way of learning is just being a a play-by-play caster and letting the analytical guy kind of teach me as I go. Yeah, that sounds exciting. Um, yeah, uh, so I had a thought. And I just completely thought, "Oh my god, I'm an idiot." <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, I was. I'll actually pick up that where you let, where you're letting down. Um, is that like somewhere that where you'd like to go? Is that the direction you'd like to move? Do you want to get more into like the deeper analytics of it, or are you feeling really comfortable and at home where you are right now? Where I'm at right now, I, I really enjoy where I'm at in in the Temporium group. I'm the lead caster, so I I do all the interviews for casting and. I uh, I make sure that we're bringing in, you know, not we're not always bringing in the best of the best, but a lot of these casters we're picking up are brand new to casting, but they they seem to have a knack for it. So since it's a community based on community and business second, we 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 allow these people in and they have a lot of fun doing it, and we have a lot of fun bringing these people in. And more than I mean, I actually haven't really seen a bad caster yet. So far, the people we've been bringing in, who some of them haven't even casted before, they they are just, they seem to have a kind of a knack for it. So I like where I'm at in the moment in Temporium. I like my position and I like um, just doing play-by-play analytical because I feel like that's where I, I strive. I, I, I feel like I have a really good stride in that nature of the, the type of uh, casting. I don't think the analytical side is is right for me because I don't learn very quickly when it comes to games. Like I'm just I'm a little bit dumb in that area. So like I uh I it's like, like playing Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah. Like basically what I do is I uh you know, a move happens, I, I get hype about it, you know, a big hyperkinetic strike or or like I said before, a crystal bite happens. The energy. And, you know, it's a one-hit KO, and I'm able to get the energy up, and everyone's hype, and it's it's fun, and and then the analytical guy can teach us why that happened, and and I just I would rather be the hype guy. So how did you get so, into casting? Uh, back in my Dota two days, I started really early into Dota two. Um, shout about, out to Dota two. Woo! Yeah, shout out to Dota two. Um, I started in 2015 after TI five. And I watched all the the games for TI5, and I believe EG won that tournament. And it was just something magical clicked in my head where I was just like, oh my God, these guys commentating on this, on these games are amazing. And everything about them is just like so cool. And I've, I've always had like a, uh, like a background in, in, in debate in high school. And uh, I had a background in... Um, going slightly into audio engineering uh, for uh, schooling. Uh, just that wasn't for very long, but I, I did try it out. And then, um, yeah, I think that uh, the knack for not being on camera as like a um, as like a face, but more as a voice kind of gave me that love for the casting side of things. And also voice actor, like voice actors are something I, I love to listen to. Like sometimes you'll catch me I'll go, I'll go onto the Dota 2 wiki and I'll listen to all the voices, the voice lines that they recorded that are not in the game, just so I can hear like what they didn't put in the game and what they did put in the game. Like, oh I'll yeah, I love like those. That. There's always so many interesting <laughs> things. Like there's always a crummy wizard. 
oh yeah like uh yeah they they're like i don't know if i can say the s word but they say you know s word wizard and and stuff like that yeah i don't know how pg you guys want me to keep it <laughs> uh, i'm trying to keep it clean but it's not like a big okay. deal if i need to i'll just like mute it you know what i mean yeah yeah so yeah there's a lot of the the crappy wizard and stuff like that yeah that's always fun so uh, how did you get into Tim Tim? What was your uh, like first experience with it? Because I, I know when I saw it, it was through the uh, the little anime trailer they put out when it was coming out for early access. Yeah, so essentially what happened with me is my buddy Sam, uh, shout out to, to Sam, good old Sam, love that guy. Anyway, he was like, bro. And I was like, what, bro? And then basically he was just like, dude, there's a new game. It's kind of like Pokemon and it's co-op and it's for PC. I was like, oh, really, huh? So he, he was like, if I buy it, you got to buy it. And I was like, eh, I'll think about it. So a day went by and then finally he was like, um, he's like, I bought it. I don't care if you're buying it now. And I'm like, you know, crap it or whatever you want to say. I, I'm, I, I don't care. I'm just going to buy it. I'm going to jump into this new game. I'm going to see what's, what it's all about. And I instantly fell in love. I was like, I grew up on Pokemon Silver. I grew up on a lot of, a lot of those uh, turn-based monster RPGs. So jumping into temtem felt like like a, you were riding a, a a brand new bike you know what i mean you know how to ride it already but you you can jump on and it's brand new and it's shiny and it's and it's nice to it's nice to ride it's very smooth yeah a lot of things go ahead uh, i was just saying i love that imagery that's just that's, yeah. that's yeah. Never heard it's like it a done. brand new bike done that way yeah <laughs> i think a lot of people feel that way when they when they think about pokemon and when they try temtem for the first time uh, oh yeah yeah, Temtem, uh, I feel like a lot of people, I mean, the crowd is mixed, right? Like, some people still like their Pokemon, some people still like their Temtem, and um, yeah, I think that uh, I think that if you just choose your side and play your game, you really don't have to worry about the other game. And Well, um, I feel like a lot of people that play Pokemon competitively can get into Temtem competitively, because it's relatively easy to understand, because they're very similar in mechanics. And yeah. there's a lot of things they've changed from the Pokemon formula that make things a lot easier to actually get into it as well. There's still a bit of a, uh, I guess you could say a uh, a paywall between it because you have to like either buy a bunch of uh, Timtim or like breed them, and that all costs Pansuns. But it's uh, much easier than getting into Pokemon. Like you'd have to like basically have a friend give you one, or else you have to spend so many hours. Yeah, that grind. Unless yeah, you're like one of those cheaters. The other game in pokemon like you don't have access to both games and a way to, to kind of interact between the two then puts you at a huge disadvantage yeah i'm not a huge fan of that but that's uh, all about japanese culture and all that you know they want people to interact over there yeah it's much different over here i like i like how there's no microtransactions in temtem like there's nothing that can be like oh you <laughs> you know i'm just happy that that hasn't come you know the game hasn't gotten to that point yet where <laughs> it's become like a i don't know because you said like earlier, there's like a little bit of a paywall, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, well, it is an in-game paywall, but it's not like a real-life paywall. Yeah, it's more like a time commitment. Yeah, it's like a time-committed paywall where like, um, you, you, you commit so much time that you could be doing something else just for this one thing that you need, and you're paying with that time in order to get that new item or that new whatever you want the new temtem the seven out of seven uh sv pig epic or you're committing time to tv train whatever that may be i mean you can you can even pay pansons for 
somebody else to TV train your Temtem now. I, I heard there's a lot of people going around offering that service. Yeah. Uh, it's probably similar to the, uh, what's it called? The, uh, what are those things? The telomere hacks? People are, like, basically trading Temtem over with collateral and then asking them to use it on them because you can't actually trade the hacks themselves. Oh, I'm wow. sure it's basically the same where they ask for a collateral. Yeah. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. I haven't heard that one yet, but yeah, I guess that's going on too. Yeah. Um... Well, how do you feel about when they finally do add the the microtransactions to the game? Because yeah, you know they're coming. Thinking. They are on the plan. Um, as long as they keep it towards the cosmetic side of things, I don't care. Is as long as it doesn't interrupt their their vision for their esport that they want to create eventually. So if it's like, hey, pay seven dollars and get a perfect pig epic, or pay, you know, ten dollars and get this, it's like, no, hold on, hold on, let's wait a second here. If it was more like, hey, pay three dollars or a dollar and you can get, I don't know, a new hat, it's like, cool, great. It's not gonna, it's just cosmetics. It's not gonna change, you know, how fast you can build up a team or how fast you can uh, win a tournament and and stuff like that. Yeah, so if, as long as it sticks to the cosmetic side of things, I'm perfectly fine with with them adding in microtransactions because hell, I like I like the occasional hat, I like the occasional T-shirt, you know, the the new backpack, the new slick backpack. I'll take it, you know. I'll support my my the game I love a little bit, but you know, when it comes to dipping into that competitive side, yeah, keep it keep it away from my competitive Temtem. Yeah, I couldn't um... agree with you more. Uh, I think that. That what you're talking about is similar to kind of how the game we've already mentioned before, Dota 2 approaches a yeah. lot of its transactions. And man, I I have the uh, I don't remember what it's called. It's like the membership or something. Dota Plus. Like two, yeah, Dota Plus. Like it's like the two dollars a month thing. And it's like sure, I'll give like the game that I my favorite game two dollars a month uh, for just a little little extra features to the game. Man, I would do that for Tim Tim even right now, and it's not even finished. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I know they said they're going to have PvE content at the end. It's probably going to be exciting. Uh, I hope they have rewards for that as well that are exclusive that you can't buy. That kind of stuff would be very special. Yeah, I'm excited for all the PvE content. Any Anything that come out that's PvE, I'm, I'm going to jump on board really fast because I'm, I'm generally more, like I said, a casual player. So mm -hmm. PvE caters to me quite well. And I'm I'm really happy they're they're put, you know putting a lot of emphasis on good PVE late game content stuff that we can all you know redo whether it's a dungeon or whether it's a uh, a crawl to the top and become a dojo leader or whatever it is I I don't know what they're gonna add but mm. I'm hoping it's gonna be something really cool. Well, you know they're adding dojos for clubs, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard I heard something about that. Uh, somebody was saying like you can become somewhat of a dojo master through your club. Basically, yeah, you can set up your own dojo. Essentially, you can have other clubs challenge it. It's really yeah, that's cool. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. We actually yeah, have I an idea for our own. Play, but I am excited for it. Yeah, we've Let's got an, one idea for our own club. You want to hear the oh, name? Oh, yeah? Yeah, what's the club? Stonewall Jacksons. The Stonewall Jacksons? Yeah, it's a good name. Uh, Noah came up with it. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's a that's decent name. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a clear uh, 7 out of 10 on that name. Yeah, hopefully no one steals it. Tell them well, <laughs> just put it out there for the world to see, so you better hope no one steals it. Uh, don't worry, we'll we'll talk to Crema about that. Yeah, <laughs> we've already we've already petitioned to Crema. Uh, Did your dad work at Crema? My dad is Crema, actually. Your dad is Crema. Yeah, my my father is the building itself. Oh, jeez. 
<laughs> he is the you didn't realize you were talking to that, oh, Captain. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's me. I, I, noticed, I noticed the Pope hat on your pig epic uh, avatar. I didn't know you were that important. <laughs> yeah, now I'm going to have to edit that in. Great. <laughs> oh, the, oh, sorry. I'm I'm creating more work for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't worry. It'll be a little Easter egg. <laughs> so are you interested in doing any sort of like LAN events for, for Tim Tim? If and sort of when that does come down to it? Yeah, I'm interested yes. in that too. How's yes. that going to work with an MMO? So think of it like this. All right. You have RTS games that are one versus one, correct? Right. Yes. And Temtem is obviously one versus one. It's not like you're playing in a booth with four other players like Dota 2 or with with two other players on your side like Rocket League. For now. But <laughs> I'm thinking how it could work is you set up a LAM with a basic tournament, and it's kind of like Smash, right? Where everyone's playing all their games all at once, and then they start to actually broadcast, kind of like we do now, later in the tournament when the you know quarterfinals start coming up the semifinals start coming up you postpone all the games and you say okay you have to wait for these games that we're broadcasting to finish in order for you to start your game which will also be broadcasted and then oh. you can do lan events and stuff that way uh, but lan events uh i've talked to liam and he said that that it's not near in the future but if it ever comes to that he said he's gonna buy me my first beer so <laughs> Sounds nice of them. Yeah, yeah, my main concern so with that gonna... is I guess you have to bring your own account because there's no way for them to provide every kind of Temtem possible with every TV well, spread. Well, what you can do is there for the specific, like think of it like this: they can go back into their code and they can create like an admin type thing, and it will. What I'm thinking it would do is like, okay, you have ten accounts that you place on ten different computers so people can use. All these accounts are basically Crema admin accounts. And you have every single Temtem on them. And you can manually change their TV whenever you want. So it's like, oh, I, I, I grabbed a Pig Epic. I threw him in. I grabbed a Gazuma. I threw him in. I grabbed a, a Gyalis. I threw him in. Yeah. And I, I grabbed whatever else. Uh, I don't know, Babawa and Blues or whatever you want to add to your team. I know that team sounds ridiculously ridiculous and stupid but i'm just thinking of temtems off the top of my head uh hey, and then essentially actually. when you put them on your team you can then edit their tv spread so you can have whatever tv spread you have and then whatever whenever you you save your team you save your tv spreads you give that to the admins you say this is what my team is this is what my tv spreads are i'm not allowed to change them for the rest of the tournament mm. but this is what i want when i start yeah yeah i see that it's similar to kind of like how um you have to register your your deck for like Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Um, if you go into a tournament for that, so and then you know they can do deck checks and all that kind of stuff. But in this regard, what you're saying is you take your account, you, you know, register or or record whatever information is related to your account's Tim. You give that information to the admins. The admins then build that team for you. Right. And you can do you it that way tournament. too. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah that's good. perfect. That sounds like a good idea to do it. But I just don't know how because easily crema could do that right because crema has all the back end to the mm -hmm. game and they could easily just be like all right here's here's the tens you need go ahead you'll be fine but if there's a third say a third party like temporium comes around and is like we want to do a land well we don't have the back end to anything so we're gonna have to figure out how 
we whether people have to log into their own steam accounts like they do in dota 2 and they have to get their their you know, their own temtem there or some other way i don't know any other way well it would be nice if they actually uh provided the the organizer a build of the game that was local only so where you were all in the same local access network but yeah. you could it connects like the mmo so you could just have like accounts with that functionality that don't have to, don't that they can't connect online but can just do that on the fly. Oh, okay. That'd be kind of cool if they tried that. But that would also be asking something from Crema, which we'd have to, you know. Yeah, we'd have to run it by Crema. Yeah. Well, in theory, that could be very, very much the future of Timtim, just because they are providing um, console ports. Mm-hmm. So in theory, they would still want to make a very functioning portion of the game uh, off the internet. So, and if it can function off the internet, then it's it's primed and ready to function and land. But also, we, we know that they have the on the roadmap the ideas to make servers for Nuzlocks. Yes. Okay. And so if they're willing to make a completely different worlds or you know different servers versions of the game, then it doesn't seem too far out of reach for them to develop like specifically a server for for competitive Tim Tim, um, where they. Where like all Tim Sims are just perfect naturally or something like that. Or yeah, like however. a test server. Yeah, yeah, exactly like a test server, like you know, similar to other the way other games use when it comes to the MMO fashion. Right. Yeah. I guess it all depends on how much uh, they they want to support the scene, which they look like they're wanting to, but right now they'll probably be a while because they're working on the game. So yeah. Maybe once the game I... is fully completed. Yeah, we. Uh... I don't know. How, I can't really disclose too much information about the meeting, but Temporium did have a meeting with Crema. Ooh, spicy. And um, information was thrown around. They rejected most of our ideas, obviously, because most of our ideas were a little bit outrageous and trying to kind of cater towards getting our community a little bit better. Yeah, um, understandable. So, but yeah, we, they, they told us like some more roadmap stuff and, and stuff like that, and it seems like they're heading towards the competitive side of things becoming super important to them. So I right. guess that's really the only information I would like to disclose on that is that they are they are very concerned about the competitive scene, which is which is nice because the competitive scene uh, will keep those diehard players to the game. Yeah, I think the easiest way to make a game interesting is to to play against another person because people change. Yeah, uh, people's opinions change, and they are able to make errors and things like that. When you're playing against the computer, it's very formulaic. Um, so the, the stronger the PvP is, I think the 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 better the longevity for just about any game. Right. Yeah. And uh, we were actually talking about this, I think, last episode about the AI if they could switch, how that would just change the game completely for PVE. Because like as it stands, yeah. PVE is like it's extremely easy to read what they're gonna do. Which is why it's super manageable because you can just kind of you know out outplay them very easily, Desp- yeah. despite the fact that the Tims are like relatively even standing, and sometimes they even outlevel you if you don't grind enough. Which I think is actually often the case, especially with the later uh, dojos. I think the Crystal Dojo I was in there and they were like almost ten levels higher than most of my Tim Tim, and I was like, wow, how am I supposed to do this? <laughs> yeah, I think I had like one Tim that was near their level, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, but uh. I'm sure they're going to make the PvE also very interesting because there's a lot of people that are into that. It's just probably going to not be the main focus right now because it seems like they're focusing more on getting the uh, competitive format, the ranked format out as soon as possible, spectator mode and all that to make things 
easier for us to basically pass the time until everything's done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think their, their motion right now is to, it's all speculation, right? We can't really tell what, what exactly they want to do, but just from what we've seen so far, it does look like they want to keep those diehard players attracted to the game. And then once all the PVE content and stuff flows through and gets ready, that's when you'll start bringing in the more casual players who then can become diehard players later on. Yeah, my guess is that's probably going to come around more towards the winter, which is where they want to finish up the actual like version one of the game. And yeah, that makes sense to me that that's probably when they want to start beefing up the PVE because that's when people are going to buy it again once it's fully released because they're going to be like, oh, it's, it's done? Oh, cool. And they're going to get into it, and they're going to see it. They want it to be as good for the casual player as possible, so that way they, you know, sell more copies. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, I'm always interested in what's going to happen next too, because we thought we've talked about it before, but expansions are something that's possible as well, and I'm, I'm interested to see what they do after that. I just hope they don't Tem -tem go too crazy. Tim Tim Tim. Tim Tim Two coming to stores near you. It's Tim Tim Tim. <laughs> it's just Tim Tim Tim. <laughs> just add an extra Tim every time there's an expansion. Jeez, imagine like Tem Tem Seven. Yeah. Um. So Temporium seems like a great community. I actually joined there looking for their matchmaking bot one time when I just saw Pan on a YouTube comment, and um, yeah. I I went in there to look for it and I was having some trouble understanding it at first, but it was also still kind of early on. I think it was like maybe the first or second day it was out. But, oh uh, okay. Then I noticed y'all had a bunch of other stuff like there was like an auction house that was really cool. Uh, I talked oh, to yeah. like one of the auctioneers there and she's very nice. She helped me out with a lot of stuff. And then uh, Glideheart. Shout out to Gladheart. Yeah, shout out to Gladheart. And uh, actually, like, just pop into one of y'all's conversation when you're you're um you're y'all auditioning someone for a caster role. I remember that. And I, oh, I, th yeah, I yeah. thought it was real. I was I was watching. I was like, what's going on? I just like saw everyone muted. So I was like, I'll mute myself real quick too. And I came in and I was like, huh. And then after it was all over, I did not expect everything to be so casual and friendly. It was really nice, actually. Oh yeah, I mean, like I said before, we keep we. The, the motto of Temporium and and with and Liam at the head of Temporium, he's always told us, remember, community first, business second. So make sure that the community is happy, everyone's having fun, polite, you know, nice to each other, and make sure everybody's just in general getting along. And then after that, you got to remember it also is somewhat of a business. It is somewhat uh, of something that is trying to grow. It is eventually going to try to make money, and it is, you know, it's one of those things that we're, we're just trying to do our best over there, whether we have competition or not. Mm -hmm. um, and we do have competition. There's plenty of other organizations out there who are doing great things, but we're just, we're, we just kind of, we block all the other organizations out, whether, whether they're uh, close to us or not. And we're just like, okay, we might merger with somebody. We might not, or, we might talk about somebody or we might, you know, but it doesn't last for very long. And then, okay, let's just, let's focus on ourselves. That's our, our main, our main thing is like, keep the community happy, focus on ourselves. That's how growth will happen. That's how Temporium will become a fun place for everybody just to jump in a voice call and, and BS with their friends, you know? Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question. Because uh, so far, Temporium has been like the very, most impressive group I've seen for Tim Tim so far. That's not, you know, the just the main Tim Tim Discord. And yeah. There's only like only a couple others right now too. I think I've only been in one others that I know about, and um, honestly, it seems like Temporum right now is on a level that's just so far ahead of everyone else. That's it's very impressive. I was wondering how like that happened, but I guess I had to talk so, to some of the tech people about that. 
Yeah, I mean, that would be probably a really good question for if you ever want to bring Liam on the podcast or if you ever want to bring some of the tournament organizer, organizers on the podcast. I mean, I'd say, I did think... He, uh, that... Did he work on the bot, you know? Liam? Yeah. Yeah, Liam is the sole creator of all the bots that happen on the channel. Really? I'll have to get him on at some point because that sounds really yeah, interesting. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be a really interesting talk to. Uh, he might be nervous, though, because he doesn't like talking to to groups of people. We had a meeting one time, and he was just like... Uh, uh hello every everybody <laughs> so he was just a bit nervous and you can tell he didn't like talking in front of crowds so i wonder if this format would be any different for him if you guys could pry a little bit of fun information out of him well it's um, not live and i can edit things as well so it, it shouldn't be too bad but uh, yeah so yeah um, oh i so you wanted to talk about a little bit about temporium's growth and how it happened yeah i mean if you know anything about that i'd be i'd, be, I'd really like to know about that uh, it yeah, seems like so, you kind of sprouted up out of nowhere and you were already ready to go. So what happened is <clears throat> Liam made the Discord. That's like, that's like this is going to be kind of like the story of how God created the world. Um, <laughs> he, he, I, I, not to compare Liam to God because he's a, he's a wanker at most times. Too but, late. <laughs> <laughs> but he is, the, he is the lead creator of the Discord and he is the lead creator of the bots that happened. So Temporium made a bot that whenever you type an exclamation point temporium in a discord, any discord, the bot can be used on any discord. And then a temtem's name, the temtem will pop up with stats and, you know, what it's weak to, what it's strong against, and it's general stats. I actually found and... that post. I was looking for the bot, like, on Google, and that's that's the post I found. I was like, this does not seem like something I want to use. Well, I I found it, or I should say my my friend Alex found it. And he was like, bro, look at this bot. We just started playing Temtem. Let's let's go ahead and put this bot on our server so we can use it. And we started using it, and I joined their Discord, and it was at, like, 73 people when I joined their Discord. Um, currently, it's at, like, almost 2,000. Oh. But, uh, but it was at, like, 73 people. I think I was the 74th person, if I can remember right. And two minutes after I joined the Discord, two minutes, I crap you not, Liam put out a a call for casters and was like, hey, if there's anybody in this server that would like to be a shoutcaster for games or for tournaments in, in Temtem, please let us know as soon as possible. And I was like, holy crap. I just got done with a Rocket League cast like a week later or a week earlier. And I was like, this is perfect. I can jump into a brand new game. No one knows about it, so I can mess up as much as I want. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I can just cast. It would be great. So um sounds like yeah, you came he, in at a great time yeah i came in at the perfect time and and then he, he interviewed me with uh with deck who was a recent admin who who recently left us but uh we still love him to death and um yeah he uh not left us hasn't died by the way i just want to make that clear. Oh, he, he, he i didn't just think left. of that i didn't think of that <laughs> I, I I immediately went back to it. And I was like, "Wait, are they gonna think that he died or something?" No, Deck Deck just he he just he had more responsibilities in real life, and he's like, "Listen, guys, I need to I need to step down." Okay. But uh, we you, still you love the guy. Moved on to, death. to a better place. Yeah, a better place, <laughs> a better place. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh so yeah. God. Um, essentially, what happened is Liam made that bot, and then people just started to join the Discord slowly, and then we we slowly started to get people like casters. We still slowly started to get broadcasters. We slowly started to get tournament organizers and stuff like that and it all kind of just slowly formed together within about a week and a half and by the time a week and a half happened we had already announced like king of the hill matches and show matches and we had help from 
players like uh, Tut Pup and Nico Blackie. Um, thank you so much to them, by the way. They they are always such a huge help to us. Nico Blackie started us off with how to organize a tournament properly and how to make sure the contestants are happy. And Tut Pup helped us out with how to make the matchmaking bot and how to make that the best it could possibly be because we wanted to make the matchmaking bot as good as we could but it needed to cater towards those high professional players so we put a call out to five professional players and we said hey make the bot for us basically tell us the features you want we'll make it and we'll just put it out and that's exactly how that happened and once the matchmaking bot came out that's when the most growth happened for temporium where i noticed yeah yeah the matchmaking bot like everyone's like oh crap i can win pan suns for playing competitive battles like this yeah. is great I can bring my 500 TV spread into the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, however you want to play the game, you can start winning some Pansons through the bot, and um, it might not be a lot of Pansons, but at least you're not just playing for nothing anymore, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's it's better for people that don't like grinding and making money, because, like, it's 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 definitely worse for making money than just going into the C-Note and grinding Ukamas and whatnot, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, like, you can do something you actually enjoy in that time instead and make a little bit on the side. Which I'm honestly, I was really sad that I, I, I still don't have my team, so I can't like do anything with that right now without you know being at a severe disadvantage. So I, I'm trying right. to get into that like as soon as I can, but I've also got so other I... stuff juggling right now, so it's it's getting it's been kind of slow. I've been having trouble. I just got this thing traded for this uh oh yeah breed, uh, happened right before the podcast, but I was in a snag there for a little bit, but hopefully it speeds up soon. So I have a, f- a fun little uh fact for you guys. Um, Temporium has just paid out. 560,000 Pansons, almost 561,000 Pansons just today because of the ladder. People have have cashed in. They're allowed to cash in on Sundays from the ladder. Mm-hmm. And we paid out today, only today, 560,000 Pansons. Oh, man. I just saw that. Yeah, that's that was a few minutes ago. Yeah, so that's that's pretty nuts. I didn't think it was going to be that high, but holy yeah. crap, a lot of people are playing that ladder and want to cash out and be able to get their Pansons. Yeah, I want to know where they're getting the money from, honestly. Uh, through the auction house. So we take a small cut in the auction house. Mm-hmm. I've noticed y'all and... are like selling, like I saw a Luma Mastion that went for a while, and then now recently a Luma 2i that went for like several million. Yeah, yeah, and we take a, a very small cut, but all that small cut goes back to basically just paying out people who win tournaments, paying out people who win whatever, whatever they want to cash out on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. We do not keep the Pansons for for ourselves. So if you think of it like kind of like a charity, taking a small donation, nothing goes to labor costs. Like that's the beautiful thing about us is is we, we do not take any of those Pansons for our own. We give them all back to the community. However, we need to give it back to the community. That's a, y'all have been very good to me. So that's why I've been trying to give the, the auction house a bunch of things to sell as well. Like, oh yeah. I'll, I'll typically try to sell some stuff like as fast as I can to like make up money, but like whenever I have like a good bank sort up, I'll just go and throw it in the auction house cuz that way I don't I, if I'm not needing the money right now, there's no point in me wait like trying to sell it as fast and I can also give you all some help too. Yeah, that's yeah, that's really nice. I, I'm glad you're doing that. That helps us out a ton. <laughs> yeah, you can uh thank Glideheart again for being so nice. That's a really good impression on me when I started doing that stuff. Oh yeah, Glideheart's a doll. She's great. She's 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 never she's never mean to anybody except Dan. Sometimes Dan. <laughs> she messes with Dan because she knows he can take it. That's it. I can see why. <laughs> yeah, everyone likes to mess with Dan just a little bit. Have you considered like doing raffles for for Tim? Also, uh, we've, we've done giveaways. 
yeah giveaways yeah we've done a giveaway before we gave away luma oh shoot that's it probably somewhere in the announcements page yeah it, it'll be back up in the announcements page if you want to find it um yeah it was a it was a luma something and and we just gave it away and i believe we have a couple more giveaways that are going to be happening pretty soon oh sneak preview. um so you know keep in touch with the discord if you want to you know try and get into a giveaway i think all you have to do is just follow the socials and be in the discord and you're good to go and you'll be entered into the giveaway a little bit of gossip tamer talk only incoming giveaways <laughs> yeah, I just oh, yeah to, there was a luma giveaways. lap tonight i remember seeing that earlier when i first joined oh yeah it was a it was a it was uh the pre-evolution to a Zenerith. yeah it's very pretty black and red Shiny. Yeah, super cool time. So, what uh, do you have any plans for the inevitable, like official matchmaking ladder when it comes in? How you plan on interacting with that or competing with it? So, personally, no, I won't be competing with it. I know there's a lot of people in Temporium that will, and I know that once that happens, our matchmaking bot will not be the cream of the crop anymore. Well, it depends. Um, if they don't have a reward system, then there's no not much reason other than if you don't have a team ready. Yeah, so yeah, because it doesn't like auto scale your team to perfect mm -hmm. SVs and everything. Yeah, it seemed like the perfect way to test for me when I was looking at that. But if they don't have like a reward system associated with it, then your bot still has the upper hand, I'd say. Yeah, so we're I I guess in the in that light of 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 that information, I guess I could say that we're not. I don't think we're too worried about it then. I think the ladder comes out, it'll be super fun and. If people want to play that, play that. But if people want to still stick to what they know, which would be the ladder at the moment that we run, then then yeah, definitely come around to us and, and just play around with us if you like that. Um, like you said, if there is no pan sun incentive or no incentive in becoming like the number one tamer in the world, you know, you want to be the very best and stuff like that. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, yeah, if there's no incentive, then then screw it. Just stick with the uh, Temporium uh, ladder where you can get a little bit of pan suns and you can get paid out. But who knows? Also, who knows what they're gonna do, right? I could see, I could see a, a world where both of them exist, and maybe even your Temporium system with the bot it takes over as sort of the official, unofficial ranked, um, due to the fact that you do have to use your Tim Tim as they would be presented presented in, in sort of a competitive or tournament fashion yeah, yeah. definitely the, see less the, the more casual or unranked version that Timma might provide um Timma. definitely boost your tim tim which makes it easier but if they're not providing fans on and they're not hosting the tournaments uh you guys would still presumably dominate as sort of an official ranked system and honestly i'd like to see them support y'all guys because uh that's that's something that uh a, a lot of developers don't do for their community that would really help out them that would actually come back and help them out a lot because they would get more people playing i know uh nintendo is especially bad at for, for example smash um yeah. they don't really support any of the tournaments at all like there's never really much of a prize pool like the one time they did a tournament recently it was like an items on prize pool or uh not prize pool but, you know rule set but yeah. like with pokemon it's much different they actually have a lar large scene for vgc and whatnot so i'm hoping uh crema does a very similar thing where they are very supportive of their communities that are not you know directly inside them yeah and, and if they support us we can provide things like casters or like broadcasters who have already been doing it for for 
well, I guess five weeks now, if you count how many tournaments we've had, we've had five total. So we've already had guys who have been doing this for more than a month. Um, Tem, you know, Tem Tem only content. So we're, 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 we're getting, we're not ready yet to jump into like a Crema sponsorship or a Crema like partnership, but in a, you know, maybe a couple months once, you know, things settle in and everyone's just really used to what they're doing then yeah definitely we'd be ready for Kramer to be like hey we need one of your casters for our tournament uh we'd like uh blue sapphire he we think he's really good and then they'll take blue sapphire and blue sapphire will cast for their tournaments or something like that yeah i hadn't thought so, about that but they can definitely like ask y'all for like personnel that are like yeah. community leaders and whatnot that they would help their tournaments out a lot they would always get a yes i mean who's gonna say no to that <laughs> i mean not everyone wants to work for free too so if they if they aren't like you know offering to compensate for their time they may not want to oh but it also I'm depends sure, how much time I'm you sure have they'll... yeah i'm sure they'll i'm sure they'll compensate you for something yeah yeah they're not just gonna be like hey come work for free. Out to madrid yeah <laughs> hang out in the building do some some land casting for the first ever tim tim yeah that'd be an exciting uh, opportunity i don't know oh yeah i'd paid. do that if they if they paid for my flight and my hotel oh i'd be i'd be in on that in a heartbeat no you hey, gotta pay for everything <laughs> Wait, what? I gotta pay. Hell no, I'm done. I'm I'm out of it now. Sorry, sorry, Bucko. It's I can't afford a plane ticket. I can't avoid uh, the virus that's going around right now. Yeah, hang on, let yeah, me get my course. Rosetta Stone. Yeah, plane plane tickets are like forty dollars now to anywhere in the world. Really? Uh, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, super cheap. Can you buy them like years in advance? Uh, I don't think so. Well, maybe I don't know. I really don't have a lot of experience flying. I'm I'm an, an American, so it's it's driving, driving for me. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm American as well. I just drive everywhere. Yeah. I went to um, I went to the RLCS last year, the Rocket League World Championship Series, and uh, we drove ten hours to get there. My my girlfriend was like, "Let's get a flight." I was like, "No, nope, we're driving." <laughs> yeah, that's one other thing with uh, Crema being based in Spain. I wonder where their main like LAN events are going to be at. Because if they're hosting it, do you think they're going to be able, like hosting it in Spain? I would. I would figure. I, what I would do is figure out where most of their competitive players are coming from, and then put it right in the middle of all those players. So, like, say most of their competitive players are from Germany. Well, then just stick it in Germany. At least because, one. Yeah. Yeah. At least the first tournament, or whoever you know, whoever. If it's your if it's Europeans who are their most player base, well then stick the tournament somewhere in Europe. If if it's Americans and if it's the United States and South America that are most their player base, stick it in you know Florida or something. I do hope they do a lot of lands too because uh, they don't necessarily need to with an MMO because you just kind of connect anywhere. But lands are just such a great way to like get involved with the community and meet people and have fun and you know go in there and get whatever like. Sorry, whatever loot they have there for that uh, event, like um, they might yeah. have swag bags or you know special codes for say I don't know, a few hundred pan suns or something like that, just with your ticket or something, just like fun stuff to actually go out there and like enjoy instead of just being in your room playing Tim Tim. Yeah, it's also a great way to showcase your other product though. Crema is a game, you know, game studio, so they make other games. They can host a Tim Tim LAN, but they can also host at that LAN other games. Um, to, to help spread their brand around. I mean, let me tell you right now. After after getting involved with this game, I'm certainly more interested in in anything they're going to provide to the gaming community for a while. Have you heard of their other game? Uh, 
What's no, the other game? I I think I've heard of it, but I don't remember the name. It's a mortal redneck. It's like a um, from what I understand, it's like one of those uh, stream games where you like play and then the stream like decides stuff that happens in the game. Oh wow. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of other examples that are more common. I know Killing Room is one. I think. Uh, Pokemon Red and Blue. <laughs> yeah, no, I did not expect the uh, developers of Immortal Redneck to be the ones that challenge Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> that was just kind of out of left field for me. I'm pretty. I can double check that real quick. Now that I'm thinking, if I said something wrong, that sounds so stupid. But... No, no, I'm pretty sure you're right. That's the reason why I didn't remember the name of it. it was because I was, I was, the name was very strange. Mm-hmm. And it's like an Egyptian first-person shooter. It's set in ancient Egypt, so I was like, also the premise is very strange. But hey, man, this Tim Tim game works, so they've got my attention. Oh yeah, they've got a lot of people's attention right now. Yeah, I'm yeah. curious where they actually get their designs for their Tim Tim, because I know one of them was a uh, a fake Pokemon. Uh, I think it was Platymus, Platypet. That was yeah, a they, user... they they bought that. Yeah, they bought that. Yeah, that art asset. Because I know they they asked for help with a lot of names and whatnot, and I wonder. Uh... Yeah, it took a very RuneScape approach to uh, adding democracy in the development. Oh yeah, I love yeah. that so much. When it was in, when it was uh, in its uh, what stage was that where they were they were getting money from people, but the game wasn't out yet. Kickstarter. Yeah, the Kickstarter stage. They were in that stage, and they were they were definitely taking a RuneScape approach. Yeah, so far the only way to get your uh, your pig epic plush. Yeah. For now, yeah, we'll see. They might have more plushes, and I hope they do, because I, man, do I want myself a Ninja Seal? Yeah, yeah, I, I can definitely say I'm, I'm, I'm more than prepared to, to drop a little extra money here or there to. You could get a non-official pickup plush on like Etsy or something. Somebody who's God. made it themselves. I love all. The, have you ever seen those bootleg ones that are like the Pokemon <laughs> uh, plushies that just look so off? No, I haven't seen them, but I'm sure they're they're uh, they're hilarious. I hope there's more like Tim Tim ones like that. That'd be hilarious. Like a pig epic with a third eye, and you're just like, what's what is? Do you always have a third eye? Like what's going on here? <laughs> like instead of you know how Ninja still has that one like derpy face. Yeah. Yeah, there's just all the derpy face. I want that. <laughs> I want that. I would love that kind of stuff. So you're you're in the the competitive, and we're gonna make a pretty sharp turn here. But I have a, a question that I'm curious. Do you, where where do you think this gear system is gonna go in Tim Tim right now? Because as I'm watching, and I'm not super competitive, uh, the gear seems pretty negligible. There are a couple important pieces: energy drink is like one that comes to mind, sweatband. But as of right now, the gear seems irrelevant. I mean... Um, you got, obviously it's not like you'd rather have it than not have it. So like sweatband is, is super strong to be throwing on, uh, like a mix or, or some of your sweepers, your hardcore sweepers or yeah, any lows terminus sweepers. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like the, the item system into placing items on Thames is, it's 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 in a good place because you don't want the item to outclass the tem. You don't right. want to make the item make the tem. So if if it's just like okay, 10% reduction to crystal damage or 20% reduction to crystal damage or don't take a burn status effect or whatever it may be, they need to be small enough so that they 
don't matter, but ah, God, it's hard to explain. Like small enough that they don't matter, but big enough that they do matter. Like somewhere right in between where it's just like, yeah, I'll put it on. It'll do something. It might not do a lot, but hey, it might it might save my life one time. See, I want to see more stuff. Like I, I've seen some like weird Pokemon have. Like I don't know if you've ever seen Breloom. But Breloom had this ability called Toxic or Poison Heal or whatever, where if you were poisoned, you'd instead be healed instead of take damage. So you'd give it this item called Toxic Orb, which would just start the game and poison your tim or your Pokemon, and it would just not. It would be basically immune to status effects because of that, and it would heal every turn because of that as well. I want interesting stuff like that. Currently, the items yeah. are mostly boring, which is fine. It's still early. It's not like it's going to be the end of the world or there's no not going to be any more. But mostly it's just like 10% extra damage or 20% extra reduction and stop a status effect. Like, I want to see more interesting things like Snare or uh, Shuin's Horn. Shuin's Horn's a big one that I'm really excited to actually try out in some Tim Tim. It looks very interesting to me. I agree. I feel like that is perhaps the most interesting gear piece in the game right now. Yeah, stuff like that would be cool. I like not stuff that just you just put on because, you know, it's good. Like, Sweatband's good. But it's not like something that's interesting, I'd say. It's just solid. So I want to see some more stuff like that. That'd be really interesting. You know, like red cards, that kind of stuff, where if you get hit, you switch out immediately. Mm. Perhaps some berries. Mm. Yeah, that's what, that was one of the things that I was going to ask Pepper in just a moment. If um, if he thought that there's going to be any sort of like consumable items or, or one-proc items in the game. Uh, the reason why I, I, I'm trying to get some some brainstorming around this gear system is we have access to what is it like confiscate? What's mm -hmm. you know the move? Yeah, that's it. Confiscate, which neutralizes items, and right now there's just nothing interesting enough to neutralize. Except sweatband's probably the only one you'd ever consider it for, but you can't always sweatband guarantee it's or there. If you're doing a, yeah, if you're doing a stall tactic, you can you can take away their uh, their energy drink if you know they have it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but even then, you know, with the energy drink scenario, you don't know that they have it until they've already gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and but then again, I guess you know, in a game two scenario, maybe that kind of information helped you out. But see, actually, um, I was well, I was in Atticar, or Atticar's stream during the tournament, and he was like talking about switching his items in between uh matches, and I was like, you can do that, and he said, there's no rule against it. So that that's another thing that I'm not too sure about is uh. Oh, I didn't see. I didn't know that. Yeah, I hope that doesn't stay how it is, because that's kind of a. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it just kind of leads that's to more gimmicks point. and cheese. But yeah, it would be nice if it if you had to stick with it. But I don't. There's no like exact rule right now in the uh, Temporium's, uh, right ranked or whatever rule set. But I'd and like to see something like that get added. That's a good point, especially because with the gear being so negligible. As, again, aside from just very few pieces, uh, changing it around, like moving who your new drinks on, doesn't really like hurt your team. The, right. Your team wasn't built around the need for having that energy drink on this specific Tim. It was just supposed to help you out probably against a relax or something of the sort. Um, hopefully, maybe with there being more gear of relevance added to the game or more pieces like that, some of these changing elements won't be as abusable yeah i guess i guess i guess i uh i don't really have too many thoughts on that become you know being as a casual player i am and i guess what i see what i hope for the game mainly is that 
I hope that the game stays so competitively viable that every single match gets down to the last two Thames on the battlefield. Like, <laughs> that's what I want to see because that's when I'm able to be the most hype. That's when the, the crowd is able to be the most hype. Now we see your like, ulterior motives. Yeah, like that is my motive. Like I want every game to be really close. I don't want it to be a blowout because then it's just like the analytical guy gets to talk the entire time and I'm just sitting there like, well, yeah, he's using a crystal bite. It's about to one-shot this 10, but how hype can I get when it's a five versus one situation? See, I don't know. You could just hype up the guy winning and saying he is on a rampage. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, uh... I mean, there there are ways of doing it, and there and there are, you know, I still try to keep it very lighthearted and hype, but, uh, how much you know, you... it's... How much do you play What's the that? campaign, like the uh, PvE stuff? This this will be my fourth playthrough. Yeah, how much do you actually oh, wow. use the gear and stuff? Uh, I put uh, when I find the gear and I I put it on. Um, like I'll put like extra fire damage on like an like the Anna here you get during the campaign, or I'll put like uh, what is it? Like uh, negating crystal damage to some of my Thames, uh, because I know that a lot of crystal Thames come up later in the mm-hmm. game and. There, there are some items that I'll stick on Thames, but then there are some times where I'll have half my team without items, and I just won't care. Yeah. Because I know I can get through the story mode without it. Yeah, I think when the next island rolls around, that might change a bit, because we got a lot of interesting ones in the final island, which I'm excited to actually try out in PvE situations. For instance, yeah. um, Shuin's Horn, if you have a Toxic Tim Tim that it can have a water type that could just destroy, like, say, an Earth Gym all of a sudden, or Dojo, yeah. rather. That'd be kind of exciting to use, because like as it stood, I just kind of found something and put it on. And it's like, yeah, maybe it'll do something. Like uh, the talisman, uh, that's not really commonly used because Doom Satisfact is so rare. I got that and I immediately put it on something, and I never expected it to work until Asparzi <laughs> decided to psychosis one of my Tim Tim, and I was like, oh, it frocked. I'm glad I had it on there. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the, the items right now are just like they'll save your life whenever you don't expect it. Yeah. They're mostly negligible, except for like the damage reduction ones, but for the most part, in the campaign, you don't really need anything, but I hope that changes soon, too. I just want things to be like interesting and fun. I don't want it to be just pressing A, because then you just get back into Pokemon, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, I, I mean, without gear, it wouldn't be the end of the world, because the, the actual like gameplay, the combat is so intricate and interesting that it's, you can you can use a lot of your brain with each match. But, like, It'd be nice to have those little things to bring a weird team to say like whatever like dungeons they want to put in the game with special requirements. But uh, that's something for probably when the game is almost out, I'd say, because that's when they're adding the strong PVE content. Which again, right. I hope they add a better AI. I really do. Maybe it doesn't well, have to AI... be like. Yeah, it doesn't have to like you know affect the first island and whatnot. Just, yeah. just as you get on later, maybe it gets like smarter. Maybe it actually starts switching Tim Tim out. Well, right. The AI only switches in Temtem that counter you after one has already died. So if right. you just do proper switches, you can beat any any tamer in the game as long as you know what they have Right. in one go. Yeah, a common strategy I would employ would just get a good board state where they can't do anything to my Temtem because they never swap, and then just set up and then sweep. Yeah. And that'll carry you through just about any interaction in the game. I mean, most of the game, you can just smash A on your first move, whatever it is, and you just win your fight through that way. Uh, I feel like I could say that for the first island, but as soon as I got to the yeah. second island, if I wasn't smart, they'd just kind of neutral me out, as Noah would put it, or Captain would put it. Yeah. So, I'm curious, since you've you've played through 
You're on your fourth one, you said, right? Yeah, I'm running through the fourth uh, playthrough with my girlfriend now. We're doing a co-op playthrough. Ooh, nice. Romantic. Very fun. I'm really interested to hear your opinion about the uh, the crystal run or the cri- the crystal side quest that happens at the oh. end. Oh, at the end of the game when you turn your uh, two, two eye into a two vine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, ultimately, that's what happens at the end. But like the quest itself where you have to... Where the game, in order to beat that that quest, asks you to re- redesign your entire team. Uh, how do you feel about that as as like a quest? Or you know what, we can even open this up and ask how, as a PVE player, how you feel about the quest system in Tim Tim right now. The quest system, I feel like, is a little bit janky at the moment. Um, personally, <laughs> yeah. I do not pick up any side quests because I just I figured like okay. If I pick up side quests and they're not giving me any sort of XP for my Thames, and I can find all that XP without picking up the side quests, I will only pick up side quests. Excuse me, that um, that are like needed. So like one of them is like, oh god, I can't remember the name of the side quest, but it's it's something about like bringing a Barnchi to a guy and he'll give you something important. Yeah, he'll mm. give you a turbo choreography. Uh, yeah, he'll see. give you turbo choreography. So that's like really important if you want to start a competitive team. You need to do that. Um, and Barnchi is only a five percent catch rate inside the tower, so it's t- it's not a it's not a tough one, but it, it's doable. But it takes a little bit of time. And I mean, if you're resetting every like playthrough, I don't see like you could probably skip that one honestly until you're done with that. Yeah, until you're done resetting. Yeah. So uh, the quest system, I prefer to only do main quests because I feel like there's enough main quests in the game for me to be stay happy. Um, and the side quests are, you know, they're kind of lackluster. They don't really get they don't really get you much. The only side quests I actually will do are the ones that you don't have to run anywhere to do them, like the ones <laughs> where you like you're the ones where you're like a tour guide or the one where you're playing with the small girl and she's like hey what temtem am i now and and stuff like that like i'll do those side quests because those are really easy and they're fast and they'll get the stupid little question mark out of my way yeah i'm getting flashbacks <laughs> but, uh, of that one where you had to go all the way to that water village back and forth oh god all for oh, that, like, was, that was like the that? main no. quest though yeah yeah unfortunately it is the main quest yeah <laughs> so having to do that like that's a bummer but I mean, once you do it once, you you basically know where to go. Yeah. So then, does that mean that your opinion of the the crystal quests uh, is a negative or lackluster as well? Uh, I like that you have to redesign your team. I like that it forces you into something you're uncomfortable with um, because then you get to learn about new Thames. So, like, if you're not a tamer who generally goes for crystal-type Thames, you might find a love in there that you didn't have before through maybe a Mudrid or, or maybe a Gyalis. And you're like, wow, look at this really cool Tem that I didn't even know about. And now I get, now I caught him and now I can play with him. And I, I feel like that's a, that's a, one of the better quests because not only is the reward very, very, very good. <laughs> it's, the rewards, it kind of, multiple. Yeah. It, it, not only are the rewards great, but like you, you get, to do something completely different than what you're used to doing in the game because what you're used to doing is focusing on your 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 six-man team focusing on what the heck they're doing and you don't really care about other temtem maybe you're not even catching them for the for the logbook but in this case you have to it's like all right go get crystal tem you need crystal tem to fight this this battle or these battles so i I like it 
think it's I think it's a better I think it's uh it's not an A tier quest, but I would definitely give it like a good C plus B minus. I'd say it's probably the best side quest in the game in my opinion. Yeah, it's one of the better ones. But uh, yeah. I think the side quests are best at like world building. They're not really great at a uh, quick satisfaction, but they're really great at giving you a sense of what the world's like in, in Tim Tim. And I like that a lot. The lore. The lore. <laughs> lore of yeah, the lore of this guy in his house wondering why you're entering his house. <laughs> Stop throwing Tim cards at me. Yeah. Is it in a random stranger's house uh, a day again? I love those those uh, people in those buildings that say that. That's always such a good little little jab. It's great. Yeah, Temtem's a bit more sassy than Pokemon is when it comes to their uh, NPC oh. interactions. Oh yes, yeah, it is. <laughs> what was that one where you keep confusing their names back and forth, and they just you, they, they get confused, and then you say, "I'm this woman." Yeah, that's that's really early in the game. It's like like the third tamer uh, encounter you get or something. Yeah, I think it pops up in the uh, Last Island too as well again. It's 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 a little throwback. It's hilarious. Oh okay, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I'm like you guys again. You no me no me no you. It's it's quite hilarious. And the old man, like uh, Noah pointed out, the stop throwing Tim cards at me. That one was pretty good. Yeah. I remember um, that one a lot. That one was great. Put some pants on. <laughs> put some pants on. <laughs> I remember that line. Too. There's so many good ones in that game. That's why it's part of why I enjoy it so much. Like normally you just mash A to skip text because it's not important, but <laughs> it may not be important, but it's funny. Yeah, gives you a little bit of enjoyment. Very quotable. <laughs> Memeable, as it were. Right. Alright, so we're uh, getting about to an hour. We have probably like a couple minutes left for the podcast left. Is there anything okay. else you want to say before, uh, before you know, do the signing off stuff? Oh, uh, I don't know. I guess just uh, thanks everybody for listening to this podcast. It's been a lot of fun for me to come in here and join in with the boys and you know, the boys you guys, you guys hear every single week, but uh, I was just happy to be a guest, and it was fun to come on here and chat with you guys. Yeah, do you have any, like, uh, social media you want to plug or Discord? No, 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 no. I mean, you can, you can plug the Temporium Discord. I, uh, exclamate, oh, God, I was, I'm getting back into my freaking casting. I always, I always <laughs> have to plug Discord it. in the chat. Yeah. yeah, oh my God, I was just about to say that. <laughs> make sure to comment exclamation point Discord to make sure you, that we know that you watch the whole video. <laughs> I don't know. There's still the Temporium Discord in the, in the description somewhere. And, I mean, they're sponsoring we'll me, so I kind of feel obligated anyways. <laughs> yeah, so just, just join that Discord. Have some fun with some games with us, and that's all. I don't have, I don't have anything to plug. I'm not a, I'm not a social media kind of guy. Oh, all right. Uh, a caster without a Twitter. <laughs> nope, no Twitter. Yeah, you might want to get one, though. Bold nope. Move. No? I'm, a, I'm an old man. How will you communicate um, with the people and get their information? Mailing address? <laughs> <laughs> mailing address. P.O. box, perhaps? No, I'm uh, I'm going to stick with my my no social media. It keeps me happy in real life. All right, well, if you ever want to catch Pepper PhD, stuff. you better get on Discord and get in that Temporium Discord right now and go check that stuff out and make sure to poke them and say, hey, I'd like to listen to you on the on the Tam- Tam- eh, on Tamer Talk episode two with yeah. the boys. Yeah, to get a Twitter. With the boys. Yeah, make them get an Instagram or a TikTok. Oh no, I'm not getting a TikTok. That's a little too far from me. <laughs> no, hold on. Now we're going back in time. All right. Well, it's about time to wrap up. I'm your host, Mitch Mackins, joined by Old Captain, my Captain, and Pepper PhD. You want to like say say bye? No. Bye, everybody. Thank you for watching. I'll see y'all next time. <laughs>